Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome back to the Statman Day Football Podcast. This is episode 69. In fact, this is the second time I've tried to record this episode. The first time was with the great, late Nico Morales. But unfortunately, that episode, the audio was lost. But anyway, go and follow Nico on Twitter because he put in a solid shift yesterday. We had tons of banter, tons of fun um, and an all-round great time. But unfortunately, that episode is gone. Lost forever. Uh, but anyway, um, on today's show, we're going to talk the news, and then we're going to talk a bit about what the um, you know the final Premier League day meant for the three clubs that were contesting the European football. That's Manchester City, that's Liverpool, and of course, that is Arsenal. Anyway, waking up to some terrible news in Manchester, a uh, potential terrorist attack, leaving around 22 people already dead um, and a host of others injured. Um, that was at the MEN Arena uh, and Ariana Grande um, concert. It's just terrible news. You know, terrorism has no place in the world. If it was that incident, of course, we've got to wait until, um, you know, it's properly taken apart and we know the picture. So, you know, thoughts to everyone in Manchester right now um, and any families affected, of course. But anyway, let's talk. Let's move on to talk about the football. First up, the breaking news of yesterday. Antoine Griezmann was on a French TV show. When asked on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being signed, how close are you to signing to Manchester United? Griezmann responded with a 6, which is pretty big news for Manchester United and good news for Mourinho and um, all the players. Antoine Griezmann is a player that would instantly upgrade Manchester United, a player that would really add that killer instinct in the final third. You think about the goals that um, the other attacking midfielders have, have scored. No, no one's got over 10 in terms of Griezmann this season. He's got 16 goals in the league. That's more than Mkhitaryan. Martial and Juan Mata have managed combined for Manchester United, which is quite interesting as well. Only Zlatan is the only player in the squad that scored more league goals than Griezmann this season. So if you're getting Antoine Griezmann, you're getting a player with real quality, ability to defend as well, which is a big thing. It's, it's an interesting one. Obviously, Manchester United play more a slightly more defensive style. They will be signing more players from Atletico Madrid because it sort of suits. It, it makes it makes logical sense. And Antoine Griezmann's one that you know, you'd know you want to get in terms of his um, finishing over the last few seasons. It's got to an elite level where 1v1 you'd back uh, Antoine Griezmann every single day of the week. And if United can pull off this signing, that is a big, big statement of intent. But of course, the big, big 
thing is this Wednesday, you know, this Wednesday is such a pivotal game for Manchester United, uh, the Europa League final against Ajax. There should be a preview uh, going up on my channel at some point today if I can squeeze it in. I'm just absolutely crazy busy at the moment. That's why the, the podcasts have, um, you know, not been every day and so forth. It just seems to have kicked off under the season. Everything's going absolutely mental. So hopefully this week we can put it back to uh, normal-ish um, listening again we missed yesterday's podcast for technical reasons so hopefully um, we can get back to um, delivering this quality stuff day after day but anyway back to Manchester United to the Europa League maybe that'll go up to um, a 9 if United win the Europa League and maybe drop to a 3 if United don't win the Europa League and don't get into the Champions League so another season playing on Thursday nights is going to be pretty rotten um, and apparently United have two lists of transfer targets one if they make the Champions League and one if they make the Europa League so at least Mourinho's doing some planning just a bit of a sip of the coffee. It's early in the morning, 7.19 a.m. So let's move on to some transfer news. First up, confirmed by Anderlecht um, and our reporter in there, Bax Tom, our man inside in Anderlecht, uh, told me today on a, or yesterday, should I say, on a DM that Yuri Tilsman will be having his medicals at AS Monaco at the end of the week. It's a fantastic signing for Monaco. What a brilliant bit of bit of business they've got there. They've done somewhat, so well this season in the Champions League and upgrading their side once again, which I mentioned in one of last week's podcasts, of course, Yuri Silsman was named as Belgium Pro League Player of the Season. Um, scored 18 goals, got 15 assists, pretty much from central midfield, played there 40 times and attacking midfield 10 times in his 53 appearances, other times in defensive midfield. So a player that's massively progressed this season. He's turned into a unit, he's filled out. And as I said uh, as well, Monaco needs to upgrade their side. Any champion needs to upgrade. And by doing what they're doing, they've, you know, they try and test it a 4-3-3 in the last game of the season. Maybe that's where they go next season with Bakayoko Fabinho. And of course, Yuri Tilsman has been that link with the midfield and the attack, given that Bernardo Silva has been heavily, heavily linked with the move to Manchester United. Uh, it could be quite interesting to see uh, Thomas Lamar um, and Mbappe flanking Radamon Falcao. That would be an upgrade. That's what Leicester City should have potentially moved to, uh, a 4-3-3 to sort of break down teams that are going to sit a lot deeper because they are champions. Champions get respect. So um, it's going to be an interesting season for Monaco, but uh, this is a cracking signing. You know, if they lose anyone, uh, it kind of they've already softened that blow by signing the best young centre midfielder um, in his age bracket in Europe right now. In other news, Quadrado has signed a permanent deal at Juventus from Chelsea until 2020. A good move from the Italian club. That did uh, retain Syria at the weekend. Well, we won't really touch on um, Juventus right now because obviously we've got a lot of Juventus chat coming up over the week with the Champions League coming up. But that's some interesting news again. Good move from from Juve. Good business. They're so good with their business. They're so good with their signings. This is just another one. Quadrado really suits the Italian league, suits Allegri in terms of his, his flexibility, his ability to play wing-back, uh, right midfield and obviously attacking right midfield. Could probably do a, a shift on the left-hand side as well. And of course, he's played as a 10, a striker. So it's, it's great business from uh, Allegri and from Juve to sign Quadrado, the Colombian, for the next uh, three seasons. In terms of the news, apparently Bournemouth are in advance talks to sign Jermaine Defoe on a deal reports to be £100,000 per week. This is an interesting one. For me, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to offer a 30-year-old or a 33-year-old, should I say, a hundred grand a week and a three-year deal. It makes absolutely no sense. Obviously, his goals in the Premier League this season 
um, do mean a lot. But with Joshua King, who was in banging form at the end of the year, I'd build, try and be building my team around him, not bringing someone like Jermaine Defoe in that isn't going to be there for long. Joshua King is the future of Bournemouth Football Club and, and can carry them um, to wherever. You know, he's already caught, carried them to the to ninth in the Premier League. His goals were so important at the end of the season. Only Harry Kane scored more, I think, from around um, February time. So he's had a massive impact and bringing Jermaine Defoe in, I just think it will be a backward step for Bournemouth when they are so progressive. They've massively gone against what I thought would happen with Bournemouth. I thought Bournemouth would really struggle this season. But again, Eddie Howe doing a cracking job. Going back to the basics as well, playing a lot of work workman-like players in midfield um, instead of taking the, the flair, going with more heart and determination. I think that's where they've got a lot of joy is that they are compact, they're aggressive and now they've got a guy that's scoring goals in Joshua King. I just don't think the transfer of Jermaine Defoe makes any sense. In other Sunderland news, should we say David Moyes is going to be leaving the club um, at the end of the season. He's just a bad spell for David Moyes it's been a terrible few years his managerial career and it's probably game over for David Moyes in the managerial world unfortunately a terrible spell at Manchester United a terrible spell at Real Sociedad and then of course relegation with Sunderland and finally in a little bit of news about Real Madrid they've of course won the Liga which is an incredible feat for Zinedine Zidane his management of his squad is brilliant but again like Juventus we'll be talking about them a lot this week so we're not going to touch on them today which moves us on to our talking point of today and that is the Premier League what did the final day mean for Liverpool Manchester City and Arsenal well I think first up what we should talk about is the what defines success in the Premier League it's a real interesting one uh, it's an interesting concept does first define success does in the top four define success or does competing in Europe I think the competitiveness, of course, is on kind of two fronts in a way. First up, just the Premier League domestically. You win the Premier League. It's an incredible feat. It's an incredible um, success to do that. You know, you look at the managers, the likes of Conte, the likes of um, Mourinho, Guardiola. You've got so many Jurgen Klopp. There's so many top managers in the Premier League. So you win that. It's an incredible achievement. Pochettino, you know, the list goes on and on and on. But again, at the same time... Can you win the Premier League and the Champions League right now? Can you win both of those tournaments in the same season? I don't think you can. I think that it's too it's too competitive. I don't think you can have success on both fronts. I think you've got to either have success in the Champions League or you'll have success uh, in the Premier League. And I think we've kind of seen that with you could argue Leicester City doing quite well in the Champions League but having a woeful Premier League season again there's other factors in there but I just don't think you've got it I don't think Chelsea can compete on the in the Premier League and compete in the Champions League you see what Spurs did this season they pretty much bottled the Europe something that we don't touch on that the man management of Pochettino's men in Europe was very very poor this season something that he massively needs to work on in the summer is uh, working out whether you know whether he he has what it takes to, to manage on multiple fronts. You know, he, he did well in the Premier League, record points tally for Spurs, but in the Champions League, they let themselves down. They went out in the group stages. They went out in the Europa League. Again, he sort of pushed that to the side. Maybe the Premier League is where it, what he wants. So maybe that's what you kind of have to do. Defining success in this Premier League era is actually targeting which competition you want to win. Do you want to win the Champions League or do you want to win the Premier League? And again, Pochettino's kind of shown that he can't do it on both fronts. He just can't do it at all. But success... Um, is another number of things if, if a Premier League side can win the Champions League in the next few years that'll be a fantastic achievement for any of their managers or so forth so anyway let's move on to our, our talking point and that is um, again what does the final day mean for Liverpool, Manchester City and Arsenal? First up, of course, let's let's touch on Manchester City, who finished off with third in the Premier League a pretty decent season for Guardiola for me you know there's been a lot of um, things these City players have had to go through you know a completely different 
type of training, um, style of football and all sorts. So in fact, third in the Premier League is probably quite a good uh, result for Pep Guardiola. Obviously, he probably should have been more competitive um, with Chelsea, given his resources. But again, it is implementing this completely different philosophy on football, on life. Um, And a big thing for City was their their lack of top quality fullbacks. And I think that's kind of really cost them. You think about how Guardiola's teams play, they play with great... Um, pace with great rhythm but it is that width created by the fullbacks you think Danny Alves uh, you think Philip Blum you think David Alaba you think um, you know there's so many guys there that have, have been for Pep Guardiola teams and provided great width in that final third and for City they just don't have that you know they've got like an ageing Zabaleta they've got Bakary Sagna also ageing Gail Clichy and Kolarov that seems to have played every single position under the sun this season but actually like a, a jack of all trades but a master of none hasn't really locked down a position for Pep Guardiola defensively too dodgy at uh, left back and at left centre half and you know is, does he suit central midfield absolutely not for me so I think it's a big summer for City in terms of sorting out their fullbacks in terms of the positives I think the, the positives of the last few bit games of the season of course is Gabriel Jesus directly involved in 11 goals and just eight Premier League games eight Premier League starts should I say absolutely fantastic impact the Brazilians had you know I didn't expect it to be this good I expected it to be quite good because he was renowned as quite a hard worker over in Brazil um, you know didn't just score the goals he put in the hard yards and that is a good quality for any Premier League player so I think he's shown that he is tenacious but also he's shown that he, he he can score goals for Manchester City. He can play as a false nine. He can play on the right-hand side. And arguably, it's a little bit of a better option than than Sterling for Aguero. Aguero is a guy that kind of suits playing with somebody up top, playing with like a strike partner. And in a way, uh, in this front three, Sane, Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, he kind of does. Gabriel Jesus almost plays up, up with him, up next to him. Sane creates the width on the left-hand side. And it's it's a nice system. And if City do keep Aguero in the end, you know, there's a lot of rumours that he's going, he's staying or whatever. Um, Gabriel Jesus will be someone that will really help Aguero out in his goal scoring, his finishing. So City, they have a lot of variation in that final third. Aguero, you know, Aguero, Jesus, Sane, Sterling, maybe get another guy there. But again, it's again, what, what do you do with midfield? Because there's been this issue this season of playing both um, Silva and De Bruyne. Uh, in central midfield as these free eights against the bigger sides against sides that counter-attack um, either down the flanks or centrally in, in midfield Yoyo Torre has shown some great form at the, the back end of the season to control games his, his performances have been brilliant you know the, not the, the last game of the season but the one before it's fantastic you know scored a goal but absolutely ran the show in central midfield whether City do keep him up they should probably keep him they should probably offer him maybe £100,000 a week not the 300 he's on at the moment um, and sign him to a new deal because he could be quite important in this transition for Pep Guardiola um, Pep Guardiola needs to sign a new defensive midfielder be it William Carvalho um, or Fabinho whoever that he's going to get he kind of needs a guy in there you for guy, a guy that's going to play every single week at a high, high level. But Yaya Torre could be a good option to have in the backfield um, to sort of, you know, push on with this City team and, and show some real experience and come on in games where maybe City needs to play two defensive midfielders. You know, I think that's something Guardiola's seen this season. It is that sometimes playing two defensive midfielders in the Premier League is a good option. You know, playing a 4-2-3-1 instead of a 4-3-3 is quite good. What, I like, what I've quite liked from Guardiola in the recent weeks is that he's moved kind of a little bit away from this 3-2-5 system and it looks a little bit more like a back four, a little bit more width in that back four. I think that's what he needs to go. He needs to go back to the old school Barcelona system, Eric Abadal and Dani Alves. That's how he needs to use his fullbacks. One sort of a little bit more defensively, one really offensive, one really top class in Danny Alves. And I think that's a big thing, whether it goes 
on the left hand side or it goes on the right hand side this is a big question for Guardiola and he needs a, he needs a real two potentially top class fullbacks to, to sort of complete this system and of course Vincent Kompany if he can be fit for the entire season City have an upgrade of a ball player out the back There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. John Stones has been good in games this season, but he's also been absolutely horrible. Um, he's, he's had a real mixed season. His decision-making is something he needs to work on with Pep Guardiola in the summer. I don't deny that Pep Guardiola could potentially be the guy to take John Stones to the next level, but he needs to eradicate these mistakes, these, these rash decisions in his game. Vincent Kompany is, is just a guy that doesn't have that. He's perfect. He's honestly perfect. I love how he plays forward, passes into midfield, linking with his teammates, uh, breaking lines with passes. With not not easy passes. I think that's a big thing with um, Vincent Kompany is he plays difficult passes and he usually completes them. He's a cracking defender as well. Um, and since coming back into the City side, City have massively um, improved. So I think if they can keep company fit for a season, City go from being third in the Premier League to being title contenders like that. It's as simple as that. Fullbacks, company, you're absolutely laughing. Maybe a central midfielder. But City, a good season, not a great season. Um, you know, they could have done a lot better. They should have potentially competed for the Champions League, but they got their third position in the Premier League and, of course, that mighty Champions League spot. Automatic as well, so they do not have to qualify. Moving on to fourth position, of course, it is Liverpool who got the job done. If you would have asked me at the start of the season, as a Liverpool, if I were a Liverpool fan, would I be happy with just top four? I think that's a yes, 100% a yes. Liverpool need to be um, Champions League. They need to be competitive again in, in that sort of arena. And, uh, you know, Klopp's building something at Liverpool. I think it's going to take time. It took time at Borussia Dortmund. It's going to take time. So it's all about patience for Liverpool fans. I think how he's used Coutinho at the back end of the season in this 4-4-2 diamond, um, a little bit deeper in midfield, has been a, it's been a masterstroke. Coutinho's been controlling games. If Liverpool had had Coutinho for the whole season, they would be competing for the title. Simple as that. You know, not, not having European football um, as well as having someone like Coutinho in form you know, think of his form at the start of the season it was unbelievable it was almost unplayable then he took that knock Liverpool hit a really bad bad run of form with Mane and Coutinho out and since Coutinho's hit his form found his fitness again he's been fantastic he ends the season as Liverpool's top scorer 
you know, from mid either left midfield or central midfield, which is pretty incredible. 13 goals and seven assists. It's been vital, absolutely vital. You know, since the start of uh, the 2013-14 season, he scored more goals from outside the area than any Premier League player. We saw that again at the weekend with his, his free kick. You know, it was, a, it was a good free kick. Your keeper potentially could have done a little bit better, but it was still a decent free kick. Liverpool beating uh, Middlesbrough and sort of, you know, a, a few goals in there, which was quite interesting. But what do Liverpool need in the summer? I think they need a striker. I think they potentially could look at their fullbacks if they want to get to that elite level, and their centre half is an absolute must. In terms of a striker, I'd go Timo Werner. I think he'd absolutely fit this Liverpool system. Daniel Sturridge has been in and out, um, and then started to play a little bit more equity in this four-four-two diamond. Firmino, Timo Werner would give them a massive, um, you know, in terms of his work rate off the ball, his pressing, his ability to shut people down, but also run in behind at the same time. That's what Liverpool need right now. They need a Timo Werner in their side. Timo Werner with Lallana, with Firmino as a, as a three. Um, and have a, fl- a very fluid three, whether it is um, a 4-4-2 diamond with Lallana behind those two players or it switches out wide, Lallana and Firmino go out wide and Timo Werner is a striker or you know, or it splits open and Lallana is the false nine. You know, anyway, how this works, Liverpool just need to potentially stick with these three guys. If they can sign Timo Werner, that would be an absolutely brilliant, brilliant move. You know, score more goals than any player under the age of 23, let's say, in Europe's top five leagues. So if they can get him, absolutely fantastic. In terms of, um, you know, other re- reinforcements, Samuel Feuchberg on the left wing could be a cracking acquisition, the most assists in Europe's top five leagues. And of course, Naby Keita. Basically, Liverpool need to sign RB Leipzig and make it simple as that. Willie Oban would be quite an interesting one at centre-back, a player that's really excelled this season for RB Leipzig. But again, I don't want to see Liverpool taking any of my favourite RB Leipzig players. Sorry, guys, they're not for you. Anyway, what the Liverpool need to uh, potentially look for next season it is competing in the Champions League and Jurgen Klopp just finding a system and finding some balance. I like this 4-4-2 diamond. I think he should go with it. I think it gives the press from the front um, and it also gives them compactness and control in central midfield. Maybe we're going back to a phase now in European football where the 4-4-2 diamond will become dominant. We're going to see Real Madrid play the 4-4-2 diamond in the Champions League against uh, Juve's 4-4-2. Potentially the counter to the 3-4-3 is a 4-4-2 diamond to isolate that central zone. So it will be interesting for Liverpool fans next season. I think a big shout out to Simon Mignolet as well, who's had a cracking end to the season after a very dodgy start. So credit to Simon Mignolet for going through a very tough period in his career. Moving on to Arsenal, big questions at Arsenal, fifth fifth place, the first time they've failed to get into the Champions League in 20 years. A terrible, terrible season for Arsene Wenger's men. For me, it kind of blew up all around January time when the contract talks with Sanchez, with Mesut Ozil came out. And I think that's more of a club thing. Whether that's Wenger, you know, that's taking control of that or not, that is a big issue. That really derailed their season. Sanchez was flying at the start of the season, was directly involved in, what, 27 goals in 23 games, playing as a striker. Um, and then going back to you know him dropping out, Wenger pushing him to the left wing. It goes down to Wenger's man management, but also the club and contracts. It's just a bit silly. Arsenal seems to have, again, shot themselves, not even the foot, in the face. They've shot themselves in the face and, and really let themselves down. But there's some positives. I think there is some slight positives. Wenger moving to this 3-4-3, showing that he can still adapt tactically. I think it's got the best out of um, you know some of their players that are centre-halves are all a bit dodgy. I don't trust any of their centre-halves, um, really. We, again, we saw Koscielny get sent off against Everton in a vital game you know that tackle was just too rash stay on your feet lads Koscielny's a wonderful defender but he has these moments where he just makes the wrong decision in the 3-4-3 you kind of get a little bit more protection at centre-backs it kind of works out there the wing-backs Monreal and uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain before Bellerin came in kind of makes sense there central midfield if um, 
Santi Cazorla comes back finally that'll be massive upgrade uh, for uh, the Ramsey Zaka combination Ramsey Zaka combination is a bit more like brawn than than guile and craft and Santi Cazorla is that guile and craft so maybe Zaka Cazorla could be a real good option uh, and then throw Ramsey further forward I'd like to see Sanchez as the main striker Ozil and Ramsey behind we've seen Ramsey play that role for Wales so well show great energy and determination I think that's the problem with this Arsenal 3-4-3 is that in fact it looks like a 5-2-3 in defence Chelsea's system is the in defence is that 5-4-1 that's what Arsenal should be working to but they don't kind of have that with Ozil and Sanchez you're not tracking back so it's kind of a broken system but you throw Ramsey a bit higher up the pitch you allow him to make a 3-5-2 um, and you're leaving Sanchez and Ozil up front that could be a recipe but Wenger needs to decide is he sticking with a, a, this 3-4-3 is he going back to a 4-2-3-1 what is he doing he needs to commit to it whatever he does he needs to commit now I think Ramsey's got to be vital in there you know Ramsey when he's fit is a real good player he's a threat from goals he's you know he, he gives his team great energy and pressing and it's something that Wenger side have lacked it in a, in a you know in a, in an instance but anyway let's finish off with a bit of Nico Morales theory because he's got a theory that Arsenal you know made the Europa League on purpose they're going to exit the Europa League at the group stages and go on to win the Premier League that is a little bit of Nico on episode 69 that's what he said on the first record again I apologize that that died I lost that I don't know what happened the the gods or you know the, the higher forces did not want that out but that's Nico's theory Arsenal are going to leave the group stages of the Europa League early. They're going to get out of that tournament and they're going to push on to win the Premier League. You heard it here first at Nico underscore Morales. Go and follow him on Twitter. But anyway, it's not been the greatest season for Arsenal. Their fans are pretty angry. Maybe it's time to Wenger, Wenger to move on. I'd probably say yes. Get someone, you know, a young potential German close Nagelsmann or Thomas Tuchel in. With Thomas Tuchel, you know, messing about with the hierarchy of Borussia Dortmund, he's not too happy there. It could be the perfect time. Wenger moved to a director of football. Yes, sorted. Win the Premier League next season. But anyway, guys, I've been Statman Dave. This has been episode 69. Over and out. See you later. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.